I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 24. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf. Excited to be here as always. And today's episode is a big one. If you feel overwhelmed in your life, sort of ever, you got to listen today. This is your podcast because I'm going to break down why it's a, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. And I'm going to give you, as I always do, very specific tips and strategies and tools to deal with what I'm going to tell you is your big problem of why you feel overwhelmed. Because so many people come to me with this idea, and you saw it from the title of this podcast, that thinking that they have a time management problem. And I do have, you know, tips and production hacks and all kinds of stuff for that. But I have to tell you, you really have to understand that it's not a time management problem. You have an attention management problem. And so that means that you have to focus on the right thing to fix it. So, I'm going to give you all that today. That's what today's broadcast is all about. I'm going to do, I'm going to throw a little science at you. I'm also going to have a lot of, I'm going to be saying the research says, and the, this says, I'll have all of that in the show notes in the, in the resources and links at the end. So you can go check for yourself. Those of you who like to look up the research and see what the heck I'm getting stuff from. And I'll have links to books I talk about and all that if you want to do that. But otherwise you can just listen and get the tips. So however you like to do it. Now, the key to having a happy relationship or any any relationship really but you know not just romantic ones but the key to having happy relationships is having the bandwidth to deal with them if you're feeling super busy or overwhelmed in your life and like your pro- plate is already very full the thought of adding couples therapy 
time with your partner, reading the latest book. It, it can just feel like one more thing that you just can't take on. So in fact, so many couples think they failed at couples counseling when the real issue is that they didn't set themselves up for success in the first place. Now, let me give a quick shout out to my episode three. If you haven't listened to episode three of my podcast, it's actually my favorite episode. How do you like that? Of all these weeks of episodes, I think that episode three is at the base of everything. And it's called Thinking You've Got 24 Hours in a Day is Wrong. Kind of like today, I'm kind of giving you a different worldview. Uh, I'd really like you to make that one a priority if you haven't listened to it already, uh, because I go into more depth about what you have to do to switch your worldview so you can have a happy and connected relationship and be successful at couples counseling and other things. Episode three, though, is like a 30,000 foot view of your life. And today's episode is more like a one foot view of your life. So it's fine if you haven't listened to episode three. This one completely stands alone. I'm just saying I'd like you to go back there. So today I'm going to teach you all about really how your smartphone and other personal devices are ruining your ability to manage your attention, which is in turn making you think you have a time management problem, which is in turn making you feel overwhelmed and exhausted. And you then have no room left for your relationships. You get home at the end of the day, you're burnt. And I know. So all that connects. And that's why I'm going to do this today. This is about your relationship. It really is. And your relationship to yourself is, this is going to help you at work. This is going to help you with your kids. It's going to help you with your partner, everybody. This is a slam dunk all the way across the board. And I'm also going to give you my top tips for reversing those trends and getting back in the driver's seat of your attention and time management, you know, so you can have the energy and space to create a happy and connected relationship. In the end, learning to focus your attention is the key to feeling more efficient and less burnt out. And you can't do that if you're not aware of what you're unknowingly doing that's undermining your efforts. So believe it or not, your smartphone and similar electronics are at the center of why it's so difficult to get a handle on your day, your relationship, and your time. I know. It's, again, one of the many things that comes to play at the party when we're talking about our relationship. So I don't want you to miss this one because there's some easy changes you can make that can really change the very tenor, the the core of how you relate to other people and yourself. So, and some of this is really nice, easy hacks. So we'll get there today. Now, so let me ask you this. If you hit the snooze button five times, yeah, you ate a donut, you know, lying there in bed, you, you pulled out a cigarette, lit that up, and then drank a bunch of coffee, maybe, you know, wandered into the kitchen and drank a bu- bunch of coffee. Would you expect to feel energized, enthusiastic, and ready to kick ass in your day if you did that? Uh, of course not. If you started every day that way, it would not. You, you Well, you're feeding, when you're feeding your brain social media and emails, first thing is very very, very similar to this. So the problem is that instead of making you, you know, fat and lazy, looking at social media and emails first thing, wires your brain for distraction, which for the rest of your day. And this, of course, leads to unhappiness, to overwhelm, frustration, resentment, anxiety, all the good stuff. So, you know, distraction, I talk about distraction a lot. Yes, I do. Hopefully you're getting the point that it's really important. Distraction is your enemy and you need to treat it like one. Being on your phone is distracting you from your life. And I'm going to say in, in a f- quite a few big ways. And and this could be not just your phone. This could be computers, you know, and electronics, your Apple Watch, whatever you got going, okay? 
And I do want to say out loud that you might have listened to a previous uh, broadcast I did on not fubbing, <laughs> which is snubbing people with your phone. This is completely different today. I'm not, if, if you're also interested in that, go listen to that one. Uh, but, and I'll again, link it in the show notes, but it, this is completely different information today, different tips, different everything. So, so don't think because you listen to that, you don't have to listen today because you do. All right. So distraction is your enemy uh, in four big ways. And I'm going to tell you those. So number one, it kills your ability to be present. You're either ruminating on the past and you're distracted. So you're ruminating on the past. We generally call this depression or you're worrying about the future. You're future tripping. We call that anxiety. And you're literally missing out on your real life because you're on your phone and you're, you're one of those places, you're distracted in one of those places and you're not in the present. You're not with whatever is going on. Um, and we even say, I say it sometimes my kids will be like, Hey mom. And I'm like, Hey, I'm on my phone. Give me a minute, you know, or let me finish this. And we really get so caught up in those things. So you're not, it kills your ability to be present. Number two, it leads to dopamine surges. And so with every notification, like follow, check in your email, every instant message, match on a dating app, Every one of those, you get a little hit of dopamine and your brain drives for dopamine. That's its job. And that's a whole other lecture that I do, but, uh, or a whole other broadcast I do on the lizard brain, if you haven't listened to that. So your brain drives for dopamine. So it's motivated to do all these things over and over again. It's motivated to check the phone again, to look for notifications, to hear, listen for that little ding. The problem is that the satisfaction doesn't last when you get these quick dopamine surges. So you keep going back for more and more. Your technology literally ends up controlling you instead of you controlling your technology. You know, you've been there. You become a slave on your phone and you crave it when it's not there. You think about it. You're like, oh, I haven't checked Facebook in a while. I haven't checked this. You get that urge. You really want to do it. Number three reason why distraction is a killer and, and really hurting you. It, browsing the internet and social media, they cause this excessive comparison. On social media, you know, you can really lose your focus. You get lost. You know, you're up in your imagination. You're looking at these people doing beautiful things. We start comparing our lives to other people's lives. They're going on trips. They're doing this. They're doing that. It's all front, people. It's all front. I know. I meet with you in my office. You you all know who you are. And everyone's sitting there right now, <laughs> any of my clients listening are thinking, she's talking about me. Everyone's going to know it's me. No, it's a bunch of you. It's a ton of people. And you do this. You you post you know these things like you're having this fabulous life. And I know because you're coming to see me, you don't feel so fabulous. Uh, so trust me, that happens everywhere. We start comparing our lives. We start, you know, and people, they select, collect, and present very specific parts of their lives online. You know this. I know we know it in a Actually, but we forget it. So you're not seeing them. You're seeing the very best of them and who they want you to see. So you end up comparing yourself to something that's not real or, you know, maybe you don't do that. Maybe you're trolling through the internet, looking at the perfect beach house, you know, you can't afford or scrolling through some designer site and looking enviously at all the latest fashions you're, you're not, you're not able to spend money on. All of this is living it's comparing. It's it's living a life that's not yours. It's wishing and wanting and all that comparing, it's undermining your present life. And then the last thing, last year, you know, your phone and all this distraction prevents connection, obviously. Your research so shows that your social relationships are one of the greatest predictors of your happiness. And distraction absolutely gets in the way of your ability to connect with other people. So those are my four big 
why this is killing you. Now, now I want to take you and talk on a little journey about decisions. I want to talk about decisions. So what you might not realize, and all this is connected, you know me, I might go off, it seems like on a tangent, but I, I pull it back. <laughs> all these things are connected. So what you might not realize is that you're making decisions a lot when you're on your phone. And, you know, should I like this post? Should I comment or share? Should I read this article right now? Should I wait? Should I look at my email? Should I not? Should I look at my work one? Should I answer it, this email now? If so, what should I say? Should I buy this sweater I'm looking at? You get the idea. There are literally hundreds of decisions, if not thousands, added to your day. Now, you actually make about 16,000 decisions a day. Uh, Cornell University says we make about 300 just on what we eat. How do you like that? Per day. So you're adding all these decisions that we used to not have uh, at all. We didn't have all these decisions before all this stuff. And you're adding all these decisions to your day. So again, every time you click on, read, or comment on an article, you that's a decision you've made. Every time you like, reply to, or write a Facebook status update, you make a decision. Every time you read, reply, or write an email, you make a decision. Are you getting where I'm going here? Every time you browse something online, every time you scroll through your queue on uh, Netflix, all of these are decisions. And this all adds up to something called decision fatigue. Now, you make your best decisions first thing in the day. As the day goes on, you get worn down and will often make the easiest decision as the day goes on and you have less willpower, which is often not the best for you. You've definitely had this when, you know, you're like you're at the end of your day trying to decide what to have for dinner. You end up either having difficulty making that decision. It feels like this huge chore and I don't know, and it's such a big deal. Or sometimes you make poor decisions and eat food you shouldn't. Any of that's that. So, and actually there was a famous study done about this, uh, time of day decision-making. It was, um, some researchers at, uh, Columbia University and Ben-Gurion in uh, Israel University. And they did research showing how impactful decision fatigue can be. And I'll, let me tell you really quickly about this. They, dis- they studied these factors that affected the probability that prisoners who were going before a judge for a parole hearing would be set free. They were trying to figure out, like, you know, what makes the judge decide one way or the other. And after they analyzed like over a thousand judge rulings over a year, you know, they did all these different judges, they did this. And what they found is that when it was time to decide if a prisoner should be granted parole, it wasn't the crime that was committed, the length of the sentence, the ethnicity of the, def- of the offender, none of those things, which is, you know, are hypotheses they had. None of those things determined whether the person would get parole or not. It was actually the time of day that the prisoner stood in front of the judge that was the biggest influencer. Now, these aren't mean judges. They weren't doing this on purpose. The prisoners who appeared later in the day were less likely to be released on parole than those who were seen in the morning because the judges were experiencing decision fatigue. The mental work, can you imagine doing this all day long? The mental work required to rule on case after case all day. It wears the judges down. It weakens their ability to make a good decision, as you can imagine, right? It's Can you think how hard that is? You have people's lives in your hands, not just the person in front of you, but the person, people they might hurt or the crimes they might commit. You know, talk about a huge responsibility. So all these decisions, right, that is all day long, we're wearing these judges down. So, and I'm quoting from the study, this resulted in quick decisions that would make it easier for the judge at that moment to deny parole to the prisoners appearing before them. Rather than agonizing over the decisions, the judges would typically ease their mental strain by resisting change and keeping the prisoners locked up. Kind of makes sense, right? Now, 
all these decisions in your life can really be looked at as consuming. You're consuming. And when you're looking at social media, emails, all things internet, it's consuming. So it's like a consumption. I want you to think of it as like a diet. Like I sort of talked about earlier, you know, if you eat all these donuts and (laughs) smoke cigarettes and drink beer and coffee in the morning or whatever, right? It's what you're consuming. And every day your consumption diet likely includes, think of all the things it includes. Obviously, everything you see, read, all that, articles on websites, emails, status updates, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, podcasts, online shopping, all that's consuming. It's coming at you. Now, when you look at your smart, at your phone or your electronics, whatever that is for you, early in the day, it's especially damaging because consuming media in the morning actually scatters your focus and damages your ability sustain, to sustain any attention on kind of anything later in the day. It prevents you from being able to get into, you know, any kind of flow state. You, We talk about flow state, you know, like being in the zone or flow. It's when you're fully immersed in something and you get that wonderful energized feeling and focus that when you're doing it, you know, you're just, you lose track of time. You're just sort of in it. It's your sweet spot. And when you have, <clears throat> excuse me, frequent interruptions, your thoughts get scrambled your memory is weakened and you end up feeling tense and anxious, even if you don't realize it, that's all happening and you don't get into that wonderful flow state. So Mark Manson, you know, is real famous right now, the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a a Flying F, right, says it best. He says, I love this, when we turn our devices on first thing in the morning, we get bombarded with inputs. It's like drinking from a fire hose of information that keeps shifting our attention from one stimulus to another, each providing a hit of dopamine that keeps us craving more. It's the digital equivalent of snorting a few lines of cocaine when you wake up. I love it. It's <laughs> He's so direct. You got to love that. Uh, that's But that's what I'm talking about, people. When you wake up and you get right to your phone, even if you're checking the weather, because you know what you're doing. I used to do this. I was like, oh, I'm just going to check the weather this morning. Next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I had a lot more emails than I thought. Or maybe I'm like, oh, I'll just check Facebook for a minute or oh, whatever. Yeah, you get you get kind of lost in that. And immediately you're putting yourself on the wrong track. So now I'm going to tell you something, uh, talk about something else. So we, we did a little decision fatigue there. And I also want to talk to you about attention residue. Now, you have all this excessive consumption, right? All this, cons- you know, all of this consumption, all this stuff coming in. And what it results in is multitasking and something called attention residue. So, okay, so when you multitask, (laughs) well, let me say this. No one can really multitask. You can't really multitask because you need to stop thinking about one task in order to fully transition your attention and perform well on another. You'd have to completely stop thinking about it. But so the research shows that it's difficult to transition your attention away from an unfinished task. And your performance on the next task actually suffers because part of you is still thinking about that other thing you didn't finish, right? So you, so this is what happens. So you think you're multitasking, you're not. Your efficiency and your effectiveness go way down. Some, some studies show up to 400%. How do you like that? It's crazy how much 
multitasking hurts you. It's huge. But when you're having all that consumption, oh, I'm going to check my email. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to take this call. I'm going to whatever. Do we even call anymore? I think people call it still. Uh, all of that's, all of those things lead you to go, oh, now I'm going to jump back into this thing I'm writing, or I'm going to go back to whatever I was doing. And, and you're getting all this attention residue. So in the end, this attention residue shows up in a lot of ways. If you try to do something like sit and read a book after your attention has been jumping around, it's hard to stay focused. You might find it difficult to stick with a project or a paper you're working on. You might find yourself being consistently forgetful or having trouble staying on even a small task. You know, have you ever gone into the supermarket for, I don't know, like two things, and then you leave with a bag of groceries and realize you didn't one of the, either one or both of the things isn't in the bag that you went in there for originally. That's this attention residue, believe it or not. It's not, I'm always teasing myself. Oh, I'm forgetful. I'm getting older or whatever. I'm not saying those things aren't at play, but that's not really the, the majority of this. It's that our brains just can't, you know, keep up with all this. So there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're wearing down your willpower with consumption habits all day long, this leads to an inability to resist urges and cravings. And really the heart of a happy life, I don't care what else we talk about today, is the ability to resist urges. Think about it. Really, at the heart of a happy life is your ability to resist when you have an urge, when you have an urge to check your Facebook when you should be working, when you have an urge to eat the donut, when you have an urge to cheat on your partner, when you have an urge to, you know, send a text to some, you know, somebody when you shouldn't. When you have these urges, your ability to resist them and kind of be in your space is really at the center of a life that feels calm, peaceful, whole. So, the problem is that you're, again, wearing down your willpower with all these consumption habits all day. And then when you don't have any willpower left, you can't resist things. It's really hard or it's harder to resist things. You have to really fight harder. So it's not only hard to you know avoid certain foods or whatever, but you might find it extremely difficult to get motivated to do things you don't like. Maybe hitting the gym, cleaning out the closet, getting a project done, talking to your partner, <laughs> reading that self-help book, you know, listening to Abby's podcast. You also might find it difficult to muster the energy even to do fun things. You know, meeting your friends out for dinner on a Thursday night and then, you know, you're it's Thursday at five o'clock and you're like, oh, why did I tell my friends I'd meet them out? What was I thinking? It's again, all this attention residue. You just, you don't feel like you can stay on task any longer uh, because you've been fighting it so hard all day. 
Now, there is a, there's an amazing book. Again, it'll be in the show notes called The Distracted Mind, Ancient Brains in a High-Tech World. Love it. Uh, the authors are Adam, I think you say Gazali <laughs> and Larry Rosen. And they talk about something called goal interference that's going on at the same time. So goal interference happens when you decide to accomplish a specific, a, some specific goal, like uh, walk into the other room to get your glasses, drive your car, finish making dinner, reading a chapter in the new self-help book you bought. But something happens that stops you from completing that goal, right? This can be something internally generated, you know, your wandering thoughts, your anxieties, your worries, your list making in your head, your annoyances, or it could be something external. So the alert on your phone goes off, you know, you're stepping on that Lego that your kid left out. There's an ambulance siren that just went off. There's people speaking at the table next to you at the restaurant. Uh, that woman walking by in the wrong size bra. Is that just me? That drives me. I, I get very distracted by that. I just want to run after her and, and take her bra shopping. But anyway, I digress. So <laughs> there are two categories of goal interference. Okay. There's basically your distractions. This is your mind wandering, which again is negative most of the times so I've talked about on previous broadcasts. Or there's these interruptions, and this is basically any time you try to multitask because you get an interruption and you try to hold a few things at once. Now, what's interesting with that is that the more complex a system is, like humans, the more complex something is, the more complex our goals are. So, for example, you know your goals are more complex than your son's lizard's goals are, right? It's kind of obvious, a less complex thing. Well, the, but the deal is that the more complex the goals, the more susceptible a system is to interference. So that's you. Humans are super susceptible to interference, to distractions and inter interruptions. I'm teaching you all this kind of science behind everything because I really want you to get that this isn't just, oh, you know, Abby, Abby's old school and she thinks cell phones are bad. I freaking love my cell phone. I, I, <laughs> very attached to my cell phone and I have iPads and, and computers and all kinds of stuff. So I am not here like downing electronics. I am here to let you know the impact they're having that you might not be aware of. So uh, so here we are really just built for this. And Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work. These are uh, deep work. I think it's called Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World. So, And he says that both our personal and professional lives are increasingly built around these sources of distraction, you know, like cell phones, et cetera. And from a cognitive perspective, that's like being an athlete who smokes. <laughs> so I love that quote. So really what he's, you know, what he's saying, right, is that, and what they're all saying, and what I'm trying to get to you with all this is that being on your phone is creating and, and doing it again, like first thing and, and having this in your world and the way you do is undermining other things you do. And again, when it's taking away your energy, it, in, in, in a whole, it's definitely taken away from your relationship. And when you're trying to work on your relationship, you know, cell phone relationship, which one's more important? I think I know which one you're choosing. Let's be real. So, okay. So that's all the science. That's all the background. So let me give you my best tips and tools for, and strategies for getting around this. You know, how do you, what do you do? How do you, how do I avoid this, Abby? And I'm going to give you um, some generalized tips and then some very specific mindful media consumption tips. Okay. So I'm going to give you both. Uh, and again, all this will be on the show notes, you know, later you can go look it up. So, or take notes now, unless you're driving. All right. So now attention management. So this is again, attention management, not time management, because time management will come with our attention being focused. It's a skill. Attention management is a skill. And like any skill, you just need to practice it. The more you practice, the better you get. 
So, uh, you know, becoming an attention management ninja is within your scope. You can do it. So here we go. I'm going to give you, I think I have like eight tips here for, let me just take a little look. Yeah, I got eight tips. Ready? So number one, start your day with an hour of power. Okay. (laughs) And I talk about the hour of power a lot. I, um, I'll probably actually send out a little video on this too. Uh, An hour of power, and you can have 30 minutes of power or 15 minutes of power. You can do this however you want. An hour of power, I got this way back in the day from Tony Robbins. I've been doing it for many years and I don't have, right now I have 40 minutes of power, Um, but that's fine. But basically I want you to start your day without electronics for at least the first one or two hours. I know. At least the first, at least the first one or two hours, no electronics. You get up, you go work out or you go shower or you do both. You, and hopefully you spend some time in this hour of power in what, however many minutes you do it, where you really spend time focused on things that are meant to make your life better. Maybe you read a book, read that self-help book for 20 minutes. Uh, maybe you meditate. Maybe you pray. Maybe you just read uh, some cool, uh, oh, you read my blogs. That's when you read my blogs. <laughs> That's when you uh, read some cool other blog or newsletter you get, you know, that you get in the mail. But no, this is not a time for YouTube videos. This is not a time for anything. It's not like regular, what we call deep work, reading or meditating or spending that mindful time with yourself. So believe it or not, just not having electronics, those first two hours is the best, one hour at least will be a huge shift. So do not pick up your phone. You can do it. People did it for centuries, centuries. They did it. You can do it too. Number two, avoid as much as you can multitasking or task switching. Multitasking, again, not only diminishes your productivity, it damages your attention span. I've said this over and over. So Now, unfortunately, most people count on willpower to avoid multitasking. They think, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to muscle through. But your environment will always be stronger than your willpower. So don't go on that. Try to set things up where you can avoid these things. Maybe you close the office door and you have that one hour where you're just focused on whatever you're doing. Maybe you, you know, turn off all, well, I'll talk about some more things you can do, but, you know, have that focus time. Really think about in your day, not multitasking or task switching is what we really call it because that's what it is. That's what it truly is. You're switching tasks. You're not multitasking. Number three, have true downtime. This means, again, no smartphone activity or no electronics. This, the unconscious mind does a lot of activity during your downtime. And think about it. This is why, you know, when you get those, those aha eureka moments when you're in the shower or walking the dog, it's because your unconscious mind needs that break and it kind of wakes up and says stuff to you. So have true downtime every day. Again, I don't care if that's an hour, if it's a half hour, but start to really build on that. Uh, number four, one of my favorites, I say it a lot, plan your day the night before your day doesn't start when your alarm goes off. It starts when you set it and get to bed the night before. I know I say it all the time saying it again. When you're, when you plan your days the night before, you not only increase your productivity, you also avoid all that decision fatigue and you preserve your willpower. Okay. So you're going to avoid the multitasking too. It's going to help you on a lot of levels. And remember, again, not all hours of the day are created equal. Your attention span is highest during certain parts of the day. So again, spend that first hour of the day on activities that add meaning and value to your life. Spend that first hour at work on the hard stuff. I talk about this a lot. 
on the project, on the thing, do not get to work and first do emails. It is it is a killer. Get to work and spend an hour doing uh, some project you have to work on that you've been putting off. I promise the emails will be okay. You can wait. You can wait an hour. And then you'll get to them. And especially you can tell people, hey, I checked my emails at 10 and at 3 or whatever. I've talked about this on previous uh, podcasts, but I'm saying it again. If you, I know people right now are going, I can't do it. I can't do it, Abby. I have to know. I'm telling you, you can. And you will be so much more productive for it and you will get so much more done. Emails are other people's agendas for you. You need to start the day with your agenda. Uh, number five, say no more often <laughs> if it's not aligned with your central priorities. Say no. Say, uh-uh. No, thank you. It, you got to think of what your central priorities are and don't try to spread yourself too thin. Number six, your daily habits are the foundation on which your life is built. So don't underestimate the impact of the, those little things that you do repeatedly. They're the catalyst for the most significant change that occurs in your life. Really focus on those little daily habits. Again, they don't use willpower habits don't use willpower. So they just, they're automatic. That's the very definition. So if you have good habits in place, you don't have to use your willpower on that. And you can use your willpower for other things that are harder. There you go. Number, was I on seven? I hope so. (laughs) Number seven, uh, start getting rid of the toxic people in your life. I say to my clients to treat toxic people like the other things you consume. So if potato chips and brownies are, you know, making you chubby, you wouldn't keep them lying around the house. Need I say more? When toxic people are all over your life, that you're consuming that. That's what's coming at you. That's what's coming in. Uh, and that's a big, that's a big, huge problem. So you, you got to shift that. And then, okay, my last tip is about something called the attention currency paradox. I know, put on put on your seatbelt if it's not already on. <laughs> Catch yourself ready. Let me just explain this really quick, I promise, and you'll see why it matters and why it's a great tip. So I want you to imagine your attention as a currency, right? It's like a currency. It's like a thing you spend. And throughout the day, you can, and I'm trying to remember where I got this research from. I really apologize. Whoever's listening, maybe you can write it in the comments section where this is from, the, the attention currency paradox. I think I think it's from Newport's book, but I'm not 100% sure. And I apologize. I'm usually right on this. And so I just want to be clear it's not mine um, that I, I'm not. Uh, so I'm not, you know, pretending this is what I what I came up with. It's, it's wonderful, though, and I love it. So uh, I want you to, so if you're imagining your attention as a currency throughout the day, right, you can spend you this currency on things that are expensive and things that are cheap, just like you can in life. You can run around with your money buying, going to Louis Vuitton or, you know, going to the dollar store, right? Either way. Now, here's what's interesting. Things like reading, writing, any kind of deep work or meaningful activities, they require more of your attention, right? More of your attention units, let's say, because it's a currency. Okay, your attention's a currency. So, they require more of your attention dollars, but uh, they actually cost you less. So I know it's kind of interesting, right? So they cost, so they require more of your attention units, but they actually cost you less cognitively. Okay. You end up in a good space afterwards. You end up, you know, with again, none of that attention residue. It's really good for you. It, it helps you in the day, but to do it takes a little more of your, of your attention. So really these are inexpensive. They're cheap. Okay. Things that are meaningful, deep reading, writing. Now on the flip side, you've got shallow work like 
updating your Facebook status or uploading pictures to Instagram, you know, any of that kind of stuff. This is shallow work. Now, these activities require very little of your attention, right? Very little attention dollars, but they cost you more of it. They lead to that attention residue I mentioned, right? And they set you up for having a short and inattentive attention span during the day. So they're expensive. Those things are expensive. So what requires less of your attention costs more in terms of your of your cognitive benefit. And what requires more of your attention actually costs you less and ends up helping you through the day. Now, so my tip here is that I want you to examine each day from a cost-benefit analysis from this attention dollar thing. And are you spending the majority of your time on the things that require more attention but cost you less? Okay. So more attention, like playing with your kids, reading a good book, finishing a project, focusing on your workout. Or are you spending more time in that stuff that doesn't take much of your attention, but is inexpensive in the end, the cheap stuff, you know, uh, spending time on social media, playing video games, watching those three minute YouTube videos and watching 50 of them. Uh, right. So take that into account. Where, where's my, where are my dollars going today? Where are my attention dollars going today? Okay. And then now I'm going to give you some of my uh, specific mindful media consumption tips. And again, I've gathered these from all over the internet, so don't think it's all my brilliance. It's everywhere I've gotten things from. Um, And by the way, I think I got that from the distracted mind, what I just told you about, but I I can't be 100% sure. Okay, sorry about that. I'll try to, and again, if anyone's read those books and knows, you can put it in the comments. That'll be awesome. Uh, And again, I'll have the links to all the stuff in the comments. show notes so you can go read it yourself. Okay. So here are some general, you know, some other tips to keep in mind that again, are specific to, to mindful media consumption. I got five of these and then we're going to end our broadcast. So number one, I want you to treat the information you consume like the food you put into your body. Okay. So it's kind of related to what I just talked about, but it's a little more concrete How much of it is junk or empty calories? How much are you consuming that's sort of this junk food? And how much are you not? So treat the information you consume, you know, like you put food in your body and really think about it. So this could even be whatever you're reading. Is it really worth your attention and time? Number two, you can set up a separate email address for any newsletters you get. Um, I'm a big fan of the James Clear uh, newsletter. I'll put that in the show notes too. Um, I think his stuff's great. It comes out like twice a month. And when I get that, I have, and I actually, uh, I have a, these two emails and I get it to this other email. And then actually when I get it, I put it right into a folder that says hour of power. And when my hour of power comes, I can look in that folder and that's when, you know, so I don't have to try to invent what I'm going to do every day during that, those 40 minutes of power. I just go right in that little folder. I see the James, latest James Clear article and I read it. So that works out really well for me. And again, I can stay on task because I'm not stopping to go look, right? So, and again, it's it's fine to subscribe to helpful newsletters, but definitely try this setting them to a separate email address. And you can title that even like inspiration or newsletters or something. And uh, I like Eric Barker's Barking Up the Wrong Tree. There's a couple I really like. And so I don't get many, but the ones I get, I really I really do enjoy. And, I, and again, think of that too. If you've deleted emails, a few, you know, these things a few times, just unsubscribe for now. You can come back to it. You can, number three, use inbox pause. Inbox pause is awesome. I didn't know about this for a long time. So this literally pauses email for the period of time you set. That 
means nothing will be there. So if you pause the inbox until noon each day, then you'll be able to batch process your emails. You'll be able to batch them. Uh, They'll just all come in at this time that you set up in the parameter. And it's pretty awesome. So uh, I highly recommend that if you have trouble not answering emails all the time and you want to really push yourself. Uh, Number four, block distracting sites. If you've got a lot of distracting sites and you can't seem to help yourself, you can use, there's a lot of tools out there. There's uh, Hey Focus, there's Rescue Time, um, there's other ones. So you can use these. Uh, for any time that you're trying to do really productive or deep work, and uh, they work amazing. So if you block these distracting websites for even one-hour blocks each day, I'm telling you, you'll be amazed at how much your productivity will increase. It's incredible because you just can't go there. And then my last tip here is to have a minimalist or minimal desktop or iPhone home screen, whatever your home screen, if you use an iPad, whatever, you know, our desktops often get cluttered with all sorts of crap that we download, right? We downloaded stuff. It's all sitting there, pictures from God knows when. And so the moment you log in, there are all these things competing for your attention. Now you might not think that, but they are. So again, you made a decision. You're, you, you do, trust me, you look, you look every time. So most of which the stuff you probably don't need immediate access to anyway. So why is it on your desktop? So uh, there's tools again, like uh, Hidden Me is a good one, and where you can hide all the icons on your desktop. <laughs> so if you if you just feel like, but I might need them, then use Hidden Me and just you know have them gone for a moment and then <laughs> for a little while, and then you can come back to them. And they they're not lost. So. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So you learned a lot today. I appreciate your patience. I know I can get a little sciency and whatever, bring in a lot of I, my my goal is always to bring in a lot of different uh, reading, you know, things that I've read, the work that I've done so that you don't have to read all these books, that you don't have to do all this. And instead, you can kind of, you know, cherry pick and hear some of these great things that I'm hoping and I can put together to help you really understand, you know, a topic the way I see it, the way I work with clients. And again, I work with so many people, uh, literally thousands of people a year. And it's really important. You know, I see it over and over what people struggle with. So I really try to bring you the answers to those struggles as much as I can. Okay. And so last but not least, I just want to give a shout out again. My book might be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, The 10 Keys to Being Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing, please go to my website and uh, or if you have and to pick that up or it's going to be on Amazon also. And if you have any trouble with that, you can always email me, abby at abbymedcalf.com or uh, uh, dream team at abbymedcalf.com. Uh, they, my phenomenal uh, folks that support all I do will help also. And last but not least, if you haven't left a review, uh, an honest review on um, about the podcast, I'd really, really appreciate it. Anywhere you listen to it, um, Stitcher or uh, Apple or wherever you listen um, or on my website, I would really love it if you left a review. It would mean a lot. Um, then that's it. Okay. Thank you all so much. Have a great day and I'll see you on the next broadcast. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.